Welcome back, everybody, to Vulcan. Hello. We'll get to Scott in a moment. Just wanted to point out there are a few dropouts in my audio in this episode. I have no idea why. Something very weird was going on with my computer, and it's on both my recording and Scott's recording. So apologies for that. Hopefully, I am still pretty understandable. And enjoy this episode. Welcome back to Vulcan Hello, the Incomparables Star Trek Flashcast. I am one of your hosts, Scott McNulty. I am joined, as always, by Jason Snell. Jason, how are you? I'm doing great, Scott. And um, the thing we mused about in the last episode, I think Mm -hmm. we're officially ready to announce that this is the last time, perhaps, you will hear from us as a TV flashcast, because in planning for the riches of 2020 the riches of picard and discovery and who knows what Mm -hmm. else uh we are going to do what our friends at the uh, speedy Arrowcast did with their tv podcast which is they turned it into biff and so we're gonna turn this into beam beam biff and beam Biff and Beam there. No, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just it's you should if you're subscribed to the Star Trek Discovery Flashcast uh podcast feed, do nothing and it will just magically ta- transmogrify into the Ooh. Vulcan Hello podcast feed, but we're gonna leave Ooh. the TV auspices of TV behind because Goodbye, TV. we decided to do one feed, one podcast with all the new Star Trek in it. So that'll That's be right. so so if you're not subscribed to the Vulcan Hello feed, you could do that now or we'll let you know. But uh, you sh- you know, do do it now. Subscribe to our feed, yeah. and then it will turn into the uh, official Vulcan Hello uh, podcast feed uh, sometime soon. And that's we'll, right. We'll and, get and, some new uh, show art, and that'll be fun. People who who listen closely noticed that uh, the intro was slightly different because it said the Star Trek flashcast instead did. of the Star Trek Discovery. Oh, yeah, that's what I was. Uh, that what I was. Mm-hmm. What I was jumping off of is yeah, that yeah. is that it's uh, we're transmogrifying. We're changing uh, right before your eyes. We're that's transitioning right. we're, into a different form of life. We're we're emerging from our our crystals. Yes, now and, we're beings of pure energy. <laughs> that's right. I uh, and, sense great joy and, and true happiness. true <laughs> great joy. And happiness. A true Star Trek alien to uh, become a being of pure energy. That's the goal, yes, right? That is the goal. Well, and, and so interesting that you say that, Jason, because uh, I was thinking about triples for no particular reason. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and they are, I would say, one of the more iconic Star Trek things. Sure. Which seems kind of ridiculous because mm-hmm. they are for the, most of star trek's history they were only in one episode right and it was a pretty silly episode not as silly as the short trek that we will be discussing the trouble with edward uh but pretty silly so uh, why why do people like tribbles jason i guess is my question well i think for the longest time people like tribbles because the trouble with tribbles is a great episode it is a great episode. I, I think it might be that simple that it is a classic star trek episode it is a funny episode it's accessible i think in ways that other great Star Trek episodes aren't because they're not funny. Um, so accessible, True. in fact, that I uh, I was in Portland a few years ago during the five-year period where they did Trek in the Park. Mm. And um, where, where I'm not kidding, for those who don't know, you could look it up. <laughs> in a park under a bridge in downtown Portland, they do a uh, performance of a Star Trek episode on a stage. And it was amazing. And it was The Trouble with Triples is the one I saw. It was incredible and part of me while i was watching i'm just thinking 
you know, you don't even need to know about Star Trek. It's just a silly thing about a <laughs> about these dumb furballs that are infesting the space station. Like, you don't need to know. The jokes are good. It's just mm-hmm. David Gerald wrote it when he was like 20 years old. I don't. I, it's oh. amazing. Uh, so I think that I think a lot of just the impact the triples have is is that it was for whatever 25 years when there was no other Star Trek on TV. It sat there as one of the great star trek episodes one of the two really two great star trek episodes and captain and that one triple just bouncing off captain kirk's head oh man perfect and and when they did really come back it was in deep space nine oh when they were great episode just great episode but again just really referencing that star trek episode so Mm -hmm. again we're just kind of rolling it up and they've made cameos here and there because everybody thinks it's cute to put a triple in here and there but Honestly, this is really the only the third time ever that a a piece of Star Trek filmed media has really been devoted to tribbles, which is yes. funny when you think about there's, it. Because there's the the there's a tribble in what is Star Trek Into Darkness is that the one with the tribble that saves there's there's Kirk? tribbles in Star Trek um, and Star Trek Into Darkness. They, ah, yes. Scotty's got a tribble um, in mm-hmm. Star Trek, and then yes, they inject a tribble with Khan's blood in. Uh, <laughs> Spoilers for Star Trek Spoiler. in the Darkness. Yeah. Come on. Um, in in uh, Star Trek in the Darkness. So yeah, they've been around, but you know, they, it wasn't about the triples. But this isn't no, about the triples. The triples, uh, they were there because they were, people like triples, and so triples show up. But this this short trek is all about the triples. And there, there are two things going on here, Jason, that I think have divided uh, people who opinions about this episode uh, or short trek i should say uh, although I, I will admit i haven't read many reviews of it but i'm assuming this is me assuming knowing yeah. a star trek fan uh one it is supposed to be funny uh and i say supposed to be funny because comedy is so subjective so it is it can either work or not work for you and you're gonna like it or not like it right so there's that um and then the other thing is it uh potentially I think we'll talk about this. Uh, changes some things in it, Star Trek canon. It does. There's a ret- uh, a very, very, very big retcon <laughs> in the middle of this episode. Yeah. Well, I think we, we can talk about that uh, because there's there's a point that perhaps it is not a retcon, but we, we'll get there. Um, and so I, that's why I'm thinking. I'm assuming that people are divided over this episode. Before, so I'm going to I'm going to change our, our format a little bit and ask oh. you Jason what do you like this short trick? Did you enjoy it before we delve into talking about it? I I did like it. I didn't love it and I think that's because I thought some of some stuff fell flat for me. Some of the jokes didn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it twice, and the first time I was like, hmm, I don't know about this one. And then I watched it the second time, <laughs> and I said, no, it's absurd. It's fine. It's, it's, and that's, so that's where I am is that it is ridiculous and funny. Um, I think there are some swings and misses. I have some questions about some of the logic, but, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, in the end, what is it supposed to be? It is supposed to be a silly episode with tribbles. And guess what? That is yes. what it is. Exactly. I like it because I enjoy the fact that they are playing with the tone of Star Trek yes. and trying different things. Mm-hmm. And that's what excites me about it. Do, do, do I also didn't love it because it's just it's so light and it didn't really every beat didn't hit for me. But I liked the idea and the fact that they even tried to do this. Uh-huh. Uh, and I want to encourage, not that anyone 
uh, is listening to my opinion. Well, I guess actually literally people are right now listening to my opinion, but uh, people who decide things about Star Trek probably aren't listening to my opinion. Uh, but I hope that they do more stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's daring to to try stuff like this that you shouldn't. We were we were talking in uh, the incomparable Slack. Uh, I don't know if you saw that conversation, but it was about how there's going to be a documentary about Galaxy Quest. Mm-hmm. And one of the thoughts I had was that was really one of the great missed opportunities. The Galaxy Quest documentary has a bunch of Star Trek people and next generation people saying, "Oh my God, this is so great." And I thought to myself, that is the problem when you are carefully guarding a brand and you don't want nobody make fun of it everybody take it very seriously is you miss Mm -hmm. opportunities to do other things because you're like no no no, that's not star trek we can't allow that and so galaxy quest which is you know um somebody i think will wheaton is in that trailer saying it's the best star trek movie and that's not true it's not the best star trek movie but it's is it in the top three Maybe. Uh, <laughs> it's a really good Star it's Trek movie. It's a really good Star Trek movie, even though it's so silly and involves, you know, basically what if the actors got involved in a real Star Trek ad- adventure. And um, what, what my point is, sometimes when you take it a little too seriously, you miss opportunities that you should probably take and you should explore and you should be open to exploring different edges of, of what you're doing. And with the short treks, with the fact that they're doing the lower deck, Lower Decks animated series, uh, mm-hmm. which is the guy who did Star Trek Next Generation season eight and also worked on Rick and Morty. Like, I love that they're doing this because not all Star Trek has to be for all Star Trek fans. And I love that they're trying new stuff. And this is a good example where it's like, we're going to just do, we're going to do dumb jokes. We're going to do a jokey <laughs> thing. And you know yep. what? A piece of the action and the trouble with Tribbles are two of my favorite original series episodes. And they are just out and out ridiculous comedies. <laughs> and I love them. And what, if I have a criticism of Next Generation, it's that they never, they, tr- you know, like, is the Royale there? I mean, mm, like, <laughs> they, they never really, there's some humor in Next Generation, but was there ever really, like outrageous okana maybe there's a handful that you could argue are kind of funny but mm-hmm. but they're not like those original series episodes were where they're completely just comedies and um you know you should do that it, it's the, the 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 genre the the franchise is big enough to to uh take some swings like i always loved those x-files episodes that were written by darren morgan that i i remember very vividly sitting in front of uh i think the the first darren morgan episode of the x-files and turning to lauren and saying oh my god it's a comedy. It's like this series. It's so serious. Oh, the aliens. I, the truth is out oh, there. Yes. And it's like, no, this is ridiculous comedy. It's like, yes, do that. Do that. Not every episode has to be ridiculous comedy. It shouldn't be, yeah. but just go for it. So that, that even though, you know, the batting average of this was, it's okay. Uh, I'm so happy that they did it. As am I. And I'm always, well, people who have listened to me talk about Star Trek often will know that I enjoy when we go off to another ship that perhaps isn't up to the standards yes. of the main <laughs> ships that we know know and love. Uh, and so we've seen this in, you know, like Wrath of Khan, where they don't count the number of planets nope. in the system that they're visiting. That's kind of a big error. Yep. Uh, and, and the um, the USS Cabot is perhaps uh-huh. not up to the standards of uh, the Discovery or the Enterprise. I'd like to think that the USS Cabot is actually short for the USS Cabot Cove, and it's named after where <laughs> Jessica Fletcher is from. I think that that should now be in uh, canon. It should That's be right. canon. It's canon. I, so, 
you know, the best thing, and, and this is not fair, but I'm just going to say it, the absolute best thing in this entire short is that it opens on the Starship Enterprise and Captain Pike says, <laughs> Captain's Log, Stardate. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, they did it. They did it. And it's like, he's only, he's only in the one scene where he walks her to the transporter and says goodbye. Because as we said last time, they're very kind of like carefully using their pieces here. And so they've got mm-hmm. Pike in one scene. But we get Captain's Log, Stardate and all of that. And it's like That's poor great. Lynn Lucero is transferred to the crappy uss cabin see you good, later good luck um but uh i loved it i loved i loved how it I, starts like that i love that and i also love that it starts with this beautiful shot of the enterprise in in front of this kind of on the night side of a planet and then we pan to see the tiny little kind of interesting looking but compared to the enterprise not very exciting uss cabot yep. kind of right there waiting for their new captain uh to board uh and, and uh, yeah captain pike is like you know they'll eat you alive haha <laughs> just kidding ha, ha. you'll be fine maybe ha, they ha. will what oh no yep. he doesn't know uh and then so of course she's nervous yeah. uh because it's her first command, right? She wants to do the right thing. Of course, and she's, and she's a science officer and they really like her. Um, and there is this implication that, um, you know, she's going to have to learn. She's going to have to learn the issues with what, what Pike says is that is that they're not going to all be as good as you. Like you're mm-hmm. you're an A student. And what you're going right. to learn is now you're going to be managing <laughs> A students and B students. Right. And for some reason, Starfleet also allowed D students in <laughs> and they're all on the Cabot. So good That's luck right. with that. The Cabot is not the Enterprise. Just to uh, know that. <laughs> right. Right. But even though even though she's really good. And I, I like that because I always like that those little bits that are like, what does it take to be a a a captain and it's more than just doing this job you also have to understand everybody else and like mm-hmm. he's really giving her that that kind of pep talk and i think it, i think it's good um and then what we learn when we go over there is that obviously she uh he he doesn't know the half of it like it's a <laughs> she's got a, a crew of seemingly competent people except the one guy who was happy to eat experimental animals <laughs> <laughs> yes, like edward larkin the the titular Edward well, from there's the Edward, trouble with Edward. Then there's the other guy. Oh, and then who, Noel, who, right? Or is it Noel? Is that yeah, where he's like, I'll fry up a triple and he'll eat it. And, and the guy gives a double take. And I'm like, really? You're, you'll, is that is that your thing on the cabot? Like, there, oh, you know, he'll eat anything. Right? <laughs> Whatever genetic, genetic, uh, he's a foodie. Yeah. Genetic engineering experiments that we've got. He'll eat it. He'll eat anything. Like, Although that's I did creepy. enjoy when he, he went to the replicator, he ordered a salad. <laughs> yeah, oh, Scott. You and I have talked about this a lot about Star yes. Trek and salads. I that is a joke that it did not take me two viewings to laugh. I laughed out loud. I had to stop the playback when he ordered a salad because I'm like, oh my god, somebody out there, somebody out there, and maybe it was Graham Wagner who wrote this episode knows about all the damn salads in Starfleet. So that was that was spectacularly good, especially in an episode where tribbles are being bred for meat. Having him order a salad was awesome. Um, can I mention, by the way, uh, one of my nitpicks, one of my nerd nitpicks for this episode is going to be that... 
Did you notice that Lynn Lucero gets to keep her her snazzy gold Enterprise yes. captain uniform the entire time, mm-hmm. and everybody else is just working from the Star Trek Discovery knockoff like bargain bin? <laughs> yes, I did notice that. No uniforms for the rest of you, but me, I'm not wearing your stupid blue uniform. Like Pike changed <laughs> into the blue uniform, but uh, Lynn Lucero stays in uh, stays in gold the whole time and let, makes everybody else just walk around in their Star Trek she, Discovery uniforms. Well, she knows that those are the new uniforms. They haven't gotten here yet, but she has it, so you might as well she's just not, continue. She's just going to keep wearing it and just never take <laughs> keep it off. Wearing it. Exactly. With uh, rank hath its privileges. I guess. Too. I guess so. I and just, she's still trying to great. figure out how to be a captain. And I think uh-huh. that the the first meeting we see her her uh, like staff meeting where she's going through all the departments, uh, and and we meet Edward Edward Larkin for the first time. He does uh, and not it's clear, have a department. He doesn't have a department for good reason. Uh, he's a protein expert. It's clear that he's going to be problematic. Um, and it is also clear that she's probably never dealt with someone like Edward. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I feel like she doesn't really handle him uh, as well as she might. Not that it's her fault that Edward does all these things, but she kind of takes away mm-hmm. uh, his 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 purpose on the ship in front of everybody. And I thought maybe you should have done it one-on-one. Although then they have a one-on-one conversation that doesn't go well either, but I, yeah, I, I agree. I think one of the, one of the problems, if I have to take this episode seriously for a minute, one of the problems with this episode is that, um, first off her career is maybe really set back by the one, the acts of this one idiot, but, mm-hmm. um, the, on the flip side of it, she really doesn't handle him well and I never, I mean, I never see her realize it. She pays for it, I suppose, in a way. But the way it's handled, I'm not sure she really learned the lesson there, which is that she probably, maybe he would have just gone on and done what he was going to do anyway. But like in that meeting, she he basically is like, well, you know, we're trying to help solve a, a starving planet. It's very much like Trouble with Tribbles, right? It's a mm-hmm. there's a how do we solve the hunger? And in Trouble with Tribbles, it's there's a grain and it gets eaten by the Tribbles. Here he's like, well, what if we make Tribbles uh, into <laughs> into the food source? And she's like, mm, no, that's kind of gross. Which first off, I'm not sure the analysis holds up. Creating a a protein source of Tribbles is is maybe possible although I, I think the argument against would be that they um they would need to eat so much grain to reproduce and you might as well feed people the grain um right. but which which i'll get to in a second but like <laughs> and then she's like no you just go work on the ecology or the tide tidal right, pools yeah. or whatever and it's like he's a protein specialist she has misassigned him she has denigrated him in front of his uh rest of his group i mean he's a loser and he does bad stuff but as a manager she is not doing a good job of channeling him into what she needs him to do right she could have handled him differently and like you said he may he probably still would have done what he would done because he is clearly not a good person no (laughs) but uh she is uh she mishandles him although i did i did enjoy that scene because she says oh well are they intelligent and he says well you know, if you're worried about that, I could just make them brain damage. Yeah. Also, also points out, like, oh, I don't really know. They don't have a, a face. So uh, I, don't, I don't really, I can't really. So uh, the the one, um, again, wearing the uh, nerd uh, pants here, um, I think the one thing that this episode misses is that the reason that the triples uh, breed so quickly is because of access to food. They, it'll have brain, yeah. And it's never clear 
like in trouble with triples they've got the storeroom full of grain so that really mm-hmm. allows them to reproduce and we also see them coming out of the replicators on the enterprise which is a sign of like they're eating they're, yeah they're the food hungry. on the enterprise and that never happens in this episode they're just they're just explosively they're just popping, out. popping <laughs> actively <laughs> flying out which is a funny effect i was like is that how it that is works funny. i guess it is that's fine uh, that's how it works now <laughs> and we get the call out where she sits on the chair and it goes Yes, and it's just uh, like the triple sound. I was like, oh, OMG. That's great. But um, I, th- that's what this episode also is missing is the, the internal logic of how triples work is that they eat stuff. <laughs> they eat stuff and then they well, multiply. That, but in this episode, they just multiply like out of and, wherever. And so this is the, the canon possible retcon canon thing, right? Because he genetically engineers them. He says that they don't breed quickly and he solve, He wants to solve that and she tells him, no, don't do it. He does it anyway uh, and now they're breeding crazily fast. Now my, my thinking is there is an Enterprise episode where they talk about triples and how they breed quickly, uh, but these triples are breeding ridiculously fast and I feel like he has looked at them and they breed quickly, like normal triples breed quickly, but they're not fast enough for him. And oh, so he genetically engineers them to do it even faster. So what So what you're saying is this may not be a retcon that this is how triples came to be. It's that triples didn't breed enough for his purposes, so he made them so explosively able to breed. I'm not sure the physics work because you got to get the material for your baby tribbles from somewhere. Yes, I, don't, and, I don't think that works. The, yeah, the physics eat, work, but, but that's my my right. thinking to make it work within without changing right. how tribbles are. I was thinking maybe the only tribbles that survive this in order to spread elsewhere are ones whose metabolism is a little bit dialed back. And so there's sort of some selection going on here where the ones that Edward engineered to be super expansive reproduction tribbles all they starve and they die out but there are some that are a little bit slower oh. And those are the ones that infest Klingon engine rooms and and the planet and everywhere else that they go. <laughs> I so, do enjoy the fact that they, you know, they're sent on the edge of the Klingon Empire to do this, and suddenly they are infecting the entire Empire with tribbles. Yeah. And we know Klingons and tribbles do not mix. That so will lead I to like the great well. the great tribble hunt will come. It will. <laughs> so yeah. Um, also, also things that happen in this episode. By the way, I, I believe it is a first that we get multiple. There's two instances of death by tribbles <laughs> <laughs> that's true although didn't they say at the end that only one crew member dies that's true there's that lady who's screaming and she's up she, to her neck and tribbles but we don't see her die so maybe they rescued her i think they must have rescued her but then edward is edward is dies. washed away he's, by a wave of tribbles <laughs> and that's the moment in which i thought well a like you said at the beginning this is just a ridiculous episode so <laughs> seeing that wave of tribbles was funny uh and that's what i thought well the tribbles on the the space station in the trouble with tribbles did not reproduce that quickly, right? Uh, so that's why I'm trying to think they can't be the same right. tribbles. Okay, just trying to <laughs> apply the, logic to something tribbles. this ridiculous, but still we got to. That's why we're here. <laughs> this, is, that's is our job, that. Jason. I darn know. it, I know. But it's it's still it's fun to have these questions about like how how does tribble reproduction work and <laughs> is this where the is this the origin of the fast breeding tribble or not? And we uh, we don't. And what happened to that lady who was up to her neck in tribbles? Who knows who knows i don't know i don't know now here's here's the um another uh strike against lynn lucero as a captain <laughs> okay uh because she i mean she uh, pays the the penultimate price right she does she, it's she true. doesn't die her crew doesn't die but she loses her ship in like five days it's it's not great <laughs> no it's, it doesn't look great on her not record good. i don't think but that's my thing she so the triples it's clear at this point that the triples are a problem uh-huh <laughs> 
And uh, I'm not quite sure, and we were talking about this in Slack, I'm not quite sure why she didn't just have everyone put on spacesuits and just Vent decompress the ship, right? the ship yeah, and just suck them all out into the space. I kept thinking that would happen, is that we would get a great shot of, the, of Tribbles of floating Tribbles out floating, into space. Because yes. <laughs> that seems like an obvious solution. Right? But they don't do that. No, they don't do that. And there's no. They do a lot of I think things. it's a short track, right? So there's like there's not time, I guess, for the dialogue. Although they, I mean, these can be as long as they need them to be. Like I, I did kind of want some dialogue that was like, well, why don't we just vent them out? And it's like they're already in the controls for the vents. We can't do it. Right. Like, it wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't take too or, much because I kept thinking you're going to lose a whole ship here. There. So she does say, you know, set your phaser rifles to stun as we uh-huh. walk around shooting them one by one. Yeah, it's which not is ridiculous. Work. Uh, so maybe, and she asks at the beginning if they're intelligent. So maybe she doesn't want to kill them all. She doesn't yes. want to be a, uh, you know, a genocidal captain. So she wants to, to try and save them. But all right, uh, well, that's that's my, how'd that work thing, out for. Her? Not well. Uh, one of my favorite things in this whole episode, though, is they're in the 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 you know the crew kitchen galley galley mm-hmm. that's what they call it uh and uh they're trying to figure out what to do and they're like edward are you going to help us and he's basically like no i'm not going to and in the background there's a guy with a giant vacuum and he sucks up a triple <laughs> yes yes he's got the whole he's got like a little triple vacuum that he's, he's yes, working on just, back there uh, maybe laugh and laugh that's good stuff. It's so ridiculous yeah, and it reminds me of uh, in uh star trek um four maybe when uh the guy is in uh, the probe approaches oh, yeah. Earth, and there's that guy with like the the whatever that is so space the floor, so. space vacuum <laughs> yes thing yeah yeah I I, uh, I thought about that too I've got um, a couple other things I noticed in this episode um, one is there's that scene where H. John Benjamin who's great he's great in yes. this. He is good. He's a, the the woman who plays Lynn Lucero, who I forget her name now, but she's really good. She's she's like yes. a good, capable Starfleet commander, and uh, and H. John Benjamin. He's great. You know, I like uh, I know him pr- primarily from Bob, Bob's Burgers, but he's been in all sorts of other things, um, including all those Arby's ads where they say we have the meats. The meats are mm-hmm. tribbles. Um, <laughs> the we have the tribbles, uh, but um, they're like red scallops. <laughs> <laughs> it's protein. Um, the the uh, how is he in Starfleet? How right? Like how how is that guy? That's that's the, one of those things where like Lynn Lucero's immediate thing upon coming across to the USS Cabot Cove is um, is like how how have you guys been protecting him? Like why is he here? Yeah, and if he pet- if he is good at his job. Um, it's never really made clear that he's good at his job. He seems like he would not be even remotely good at his job. But if he is good <laughs> well, at his job, you know, like he, cause he's so, he ignores orders. He, he, he's lying. He's like, oh, it's broken. Now it's not broken. That's one of the things that I didn't think was very funny. It's like the extended, like, I'm trying to play this thing and it's not working and it's broken and all of that. I, that went on too long and I didn't like it. But like, how is, how does this guy still have a job? Well, I I assume that he is really good at protein. Uh, he and must so, be really good at protein. And I'm assuming so. In Star Trek: uh, The Next Generation, there was an episode when uh, Barkley is sure. introduced to the Enterprise, and they basically, I think Riker wants to transfer him <laughs> to another ship uh-huh. uh, because he doesn't want to deal with Barkley. And Captain Picard says, "We're not doing that." 
Barkley is a Starfleet officer. He is not a problem. Uh, we will treat him with respect and you will make it work. Uh, and that's also an episode where he calls uh, Lieutenant Barkley, uh, Lieutenant Broccoli. And uh, that's a moment of uh, humor in yeah. TNG. But anyway, so I feel like what happens with Edward Larkin is he uh, did really well in Starfleet Academy. Uh, he was great at protein. Mm-hmm. And he, they shipped him off to a science off uh, vessel. And someone said, nope. And transferred him to another one and another one and another He's been one. been handed around to all of these Until different ships. Until he ends up in the tiniest research vessel, uh, the USS Cabot Cove, in the far reaches of space. Where they've just, they've just let him. He's in a department of one. He gets mm-hmm. to noodle around and do whatever. And they basically just don't worry about him. And he's been, he's been hidden and within Starfleet. He, how much damage can he do? Maybe he'll do something good. Turns out a lot, a lot. more than, than, than you would have thought. Um, I do like the scene where he runs out into the middle of the deck <laughs> not wearing any pants. Because <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't care. I... He's been fired already. That, we should talk about that scene. So there is the scene, the classic scene, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. where uh, the captain brings him in and, and basically, like, you have disobeyed orders and I'm transferring you and we're done here. Uh, this conversation is over. At which point he says, no, it's not. We're still talking. <laughs> and it goes on for quite a while. And that, that scene made me laugh a lot. <laughs> I enjoyed that scene because it is so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. one of those things like uh, I enjoy comedy that uh, goes on and you think this is going on too long, but then you keep doing it and then it becomes funny uh-huh. again. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. what that scene did. That's, it was, I agree. If, if they had ended it sooner, it would have been too long, but they kept it going and then it was funny again. I, I do agree. I think that that one worked pretty well. That, that it's, it's all, uh, you know, up to the, up to the viewer, but that, that made me lot the whole premise of the we're done here scene and he's like well no i don't think we're done here i'm gonna just stay here and finally what gets her out is is that she says she says edward and he's like all right (laughs) and i think it's it's funny he does this whole thing because he thinks that she called him dumb and she never called him no no he called her dumb yes he left a message in the anonymous boss feedback box at starfleet academy or at starfleet headquarters that said lynn lucero is dumb and she sucks and you should replace her um and i i do which actually i also like that scene at the replicator where he's like so new captain she sucks right and the guy's like no i think she's pretty good and he's like nah she sucks sucks. yeah you are just you are like every bad employee i ever worked with or managed Mm -hmm. you're just one of those and like all right you're gonna you're gonna get what's coming to you which is uh death by triple i sentence you to Mm -hmm. death by triple yeah yeah and that's and he's he yells in his last scene there he yells at her you call me dumb and i'm not dumb and she says i never called, I never you, called dumb. you dumb no. in fact she said that she she was a genius uh or, or very good at his job something like that yeah. um and but he not having it no no crushed by a tidal no. wave of tears. <laughs> what a way to go as so often happens death by trouble and destroyed and then the final scene uh of the episode and i guess we can talk about the post credit scene if we want sure. uh is uh she is uh, in one of these um very iconic starfleet meetings with uh a bunch of high-ranking officers uh asking her you know you were on that ship for like 12 hours and uh-huh. it's destroyed uh we had to evacuate a whole planet uh the klingon empire is not happy because there are triples all over the place what wh- what is going on how can you explain this how, how can one man be responsible for all of this and it ends with her line saying 
he was an idiot <laughs> <laughs> for all that. You say I'm stupid. I'm not stupid. It's like, yeah, he was an idiot. Yeah. You know what? I, I know it's going to land on different people in different ways, but that punchline, it worked for me. I laughed out loud at that one too. And I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah. That's what can you say? Will they believe her? How do they feel about it? I don't know. It's pretty accurate. He, he, was, yeah. he was, he was a moron. He was an idiot. What, did he, yeah. what was he doing there? Yeah. He was, he was no good. Uh, <sighs> and so that's it. I mean, it's a fun, light little thing. Yeah. And then, uh, after the credit, there's uh, a commercial for Tribble cereal, right? And I, 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 some people were rolling their eyes at that, and for me, it was like, you know, it's a, it's they're like post credit scene. It's like, mm, it's more like a Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live uh, joke. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, like, it's not a, it's just a dumb joke about Tribbles. It's, it's like it's fine. Yeah. I thought it's yeah. I thought it was kind of funny, but also one joke that went on too long. But it's like it's just an end credits dumb thing with tribbles, and it's it's cute. It's yeah, fun. and it's actually authorized by Star Trek, and yet a joke about Star Trek, which again, I, I want them to try that stuff, <laughs> even if I don't laugh at every joke. Exactly. It wasn't my favorite part of the episode, no. but it was fine. Yeah, I uh, actually didn't know it was there until uh, uh, someone was complaining about it in our Slack. Yeah, so I watched you know, it. I watched. I watched all the way to the end credits, and I was like, "Oh, I guess there's nothing, you know, secret here." I was looking at. The, I was looking to solve our uh, music mystery, which a, a oh. listener solved for us, which is Michael Giacchino. Apparently, I was I was speculating about what he was doing in the credits. He is mentoring a bunch of young composers who are being given great short trek jobs to score individual short treks and he's sort of their mentor supervisor for that which means they're using young new uh scoring people composers to do these and they get to work with a very accomplished composer and michael giacchino um and they're using these little episodes to do these and it like it gives them a credit and experience and it's pretty cool actually so that's the answer to the secret of of michael giacchino being in the credits but i was watching for that i was like is there any other and i was also watching to see if there was going to be a david gerald like Mm. thank thank you which there wasn't which i i think is unfortunate just because when there are tribbles you should probably say you know thank you to david gerald because he created the tribbles um but uh but it got to the end and the secret hideout logo and the roddenberry entertainment logo and i pressed stop and so i just missed that end credit thing oh yeah i didn't even get that far i just stopped uh when the credits started i am one of the horrible people that don't watch the credits yeah. well, I'm sorry. I, I only did it because again i was looking to answer some of my conspiracy theories from this podcast but oh. i i oh, failed yeah. I didn't know about the. I knew. I didn't know that uh, Gikino was uh, mentoring people. That's right. Another great reason to keep doing these short treks, right? Uh, and I think that what the Q and A uh, was the first time ever, maybe that a woman composed a sh- the music for a show, oh. a Star Trek show, uh, which seems ridiculous, but is true. I think yeah. uh, someone fact check me, but yeah, no, I think you might be right. There aren't that many uh, women who are well-known who get a lot of work in film and TV scoring. This came up uh, with Chernobyl. HBO's Chernobyl series is scored by a, uh, a woman from Iceland. And it was, uh, she's, it was great, right? But it was also sort of like not one of those 10 names you know, all of which <laughs> right. are men, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think this is a cool thing that they're doing in the Star Trek office of, of uh, using these short treks to try out different story ideas and, and try out some new people. Um, and uh, it's great. Like, that I, I, makes me happy to know that they're working on that stuff. 
Yes, and so I hope that we will see uh, Star Trek Tribbles, a new spin-off of Star mm. Trek, where we follow a crew of Tribbles as they uh, destroy the Klingon Empire. It's Captain, <laughs> Captain Pike and the great Tribble caper. That's right. I would watch that. It's easy to solve because Tribbles don't move. So. Yeah, and if, if, they, uh, if they did that show, you know where we would cover it? <gasps> right here on the uh, Vulcan Hello podcast because our our uh, our 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 remit has expanded to all the mm-hmm. new star trek now all the we thought trek. about calling it sequential trek but it seemed a bit on the nose <laughs> it did so we're gonna keep vulcan hello it's grown i like it and we know the truth which is that everybody thinks it's the live and long and prosper gesture but we actually know that the true vulcan hello is a punch in the face that's right it is, it is a good old punch in the face yep. never forget never forget